Hey there, everyone. From beautiful Fort Collins, Colorado, halfway between Cheyenne and Denver, and 5,003 feet above sea level, I'm Jeff Haber, and you're listening to No Bed of Roses. No Bed of Roses is brought to you by Conexus. Maybe your company is creating video content or you're a brand looking for that coveted direct connection with viewers. Maybe you're an established YouTube creator or you're just starting out. Conexus Interactive Web Video Solutions enables viewers while watching your videos to simply tap on the items they're interested in, directly connecting them to the merchant's shopping cart to easily purchase those items. This all happens without ever leaving the video experience and without ever leaving the site where they started watching the video in the first place. Connexus shoppable video content works using any browser on any device. No download, no plugin, nothing to install. Interactive video like you've always wanted it. Find out more at connexus.com. That's K-E-N-X-U-S dot com. Welcome back, everyone, to today's episode of No Bed of Roses. Today, I get to reconnect with a great old friend of mine, Kevin Hall, And I hope you enjoy listening in on our conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. Here's Kevin. That's what they're doing. Here it is. Uh, We didn't plan it. We're doing it on the fly. We're doing it. That's that's as complicated as the show is. It's a show about nothing. I think uh, we just made ourselves serious. Uh, serious and series, series regulars on um, a revolve. What do they call it? A recurring role. Recurring on, role um, on uh, on you're, you're no bed of roses. No, no bed of roses. Yeah, you're no bed of roses. Well, I picture roses and they got thorns. So what? What? How about that? That's that's a Jewish mother and a Jewish son. And from no bed of roses, that means I'm good. Yeah. Yeah. And she yeah, was looking it. at me That's like, it. what are you on? Cause I just started doing it. And she's just She's like, You might be upstairs smoking something. Yeah, you smoking know, something? You? I wish I was. I wish I was smoking something. <laughs> Perhaps no one will ever listen but us. But you it's never the know. archives. It's the Library of Congress. We'll look back at this one day and and, and marvel and, and, get, and get nauseous. <laughs> look back at this and go, What? This is what happens when you put technology in the hands of idiots. During and then have a global pandemic. <laughs> in a pandemic. Here's an example going, class. What should we do today? <laughs> Let's record ourselves. The mass <laughs> communication <laughs> class. This is exactly what you should not do. This Just is what refrain you should. from getting involved in. This is if a friend calls you up, says he has technology and just don't answer. Don't just an- say yes. Just, just say yes. Just you know what? Keep going to Walmart and get extra envelopes. Just, just haul ass up and down State Street. Just floor it in your awesome hybrid you have, uh, you actually shovel have pod. A State Street. We do. Yeah, which seems right. Yeah, we do. You guys have State Street? I, I think we may somewhere, but it, we we have uh, we've got Old Town, which is uh, the model for Main Street USA at Disneyland. 
That's a little, <laughs> bit, a little bit. No, true story. True story. Is that right? That's a true story. Oh, oh you wow. would you could find a similar old town probably. You probably have one in Boise, but but uh, yeah, apparently um, Disney saw this and this was the the inspiration for his old town, uh, uh, Main Street, USA. Yeah, we're kidding. Yeah. So no, what's no, the, no. the it's what's the name of the 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 town itself? Fort Collins. Fort, Fort Collins, Collins so but the... Old Town is the downtown, the original uh, downtown, non-curated for the most part. Local mom and pops. Of course, they're all hanging on by their skin mm-hmm. of their teeth right now. Let me ask you, are things completely insane? Because you're in a, we talked about it, you're in a, in a bit more of a, maybe an extreme uh, situation. And I, I don't know, maybe you're not, maybe you're not. Because uh, Fort Collins, for all intent and purpose, is purple, purple, mm-hmm. blue, uh, mm-hmm. but right outside crimson red um okay yeah and i think you said that was a similar thing in in idaho yeah i would in boise boise proper and ironically enough you know boise being the state capital or maybe that's not ironic i don't know but it's it's quite blue but you know the rest of the state is is super duper red yeah and um it's not a very big population here either. So when people like, you know, the day after the, or the day the election was called, there were a bunch of demonstrations and sort of, you know, peaceful demonstrations with people with signs and flags and things like that at our Capitol building. But a lot of people travel to the Capitol from other areas right. that, that aren't from stop, know, the, the greater Bruce area. That was stop, uh, stop the steal, right? That were just pro-Trump and, but it, yeah. it, it didn't, uh, it didn't get crazy. Not too crazy, really. You know, I mean, there's pre-election, there were, you know, a lot of, you know, lots of trucks and, and vehicles and convoys with flags and American flags and, and Trump flags and things like that that were right. buzzing all over the place. And from time to time, you would have larger gatherings on the steps of the Capitol, but nothing super wacky and out of control or, or that felt like we were in any sort of danger necessarily. I mean, I always, I mean, I'm, slightly nervous when I see a 20 year old, you know, skinny blonde kid with camo pants and a assault rifle over his shoulder, walking around with a flag going, you know, like that's, you know, whatever he's celebrating his second amendment rights or whatever his position is, but it's just, you know, stuff like that's a little odd to see since it's, it's the country here and it's Idaho and a big argument that I think a lot of, a lot of folks feel like they're making is for their second amendment rights. And, uh, you know, other than that, no, I don't think it's been it's been out of control or wild. I mean, no. How about how about there? Is it is it uh... pretty pretty mellow? I mean, we realized on our street where we're fifty fifty. Kristen was very adamant about having her nope sign and her Black Lives Matter sign, and then mm-hmm. uh, got her direct from China Biden Harris sign. And I said, <laughs> you know, th- this is not. She goes, well, they wanted a hundred bucks for ten signs. This is for the campaign you ordered from yeah. China, and it was pretty. I mean, it was pretty mellow here. You know, I had an I had a deal at the hotel, Kevin, and we may get cut off. If we get cut off, it's because my phone died, and then um, okay. that'll be it. Lights out, and that's a wrap. <laughs> a year ago. There was a guy who was walking through the hotel with a shirt on that said, Trump 2020, fuck your feelings. Mm. And so I, I, like told, I told my team, this guy's walking through the hotel, right? It's filled with mm. families. I mean, and I told my team, I said, don't serve that guy if he comes back in here. And I told my partner at the hotel who runs the room side, I said, hey, we're not going to serve this guy. And, you know, I feel if anybody, you know how, what, what my politics are, but we can't do this. I said, yeah, yeah, we can. I said, there's no... There, I don't care. It, that could say Bernie Sanders, 2020, fuck your feelings. I wouldn't feed that guy either. You, right. you shouldn't have that. What are you going to tell your seven-year-old daughter? 
that's right. sitting at the table next to it. I said, it's not okay. I said, sure. I, don't, and, I don't care about the politics. It's just the language on that shirt. And we got into the whole, this whole thing, Kevin, about it. Well, isn't, it isn't it private property? I mean, it's, it's, it's you totally preserve the right to refuse service we to anyone. Totally can. It's totally private yeah. property. And, you know, there, were, there was a woman, you know, some MILF and, you know, like uh, mom's hot blonde moms for Trump. Yeah, you know, on her football jersey. Mm -hmm. Okay, fine. That's fine. It didn't say fuck your feelings, right? Right. And so that's that was my issue with that. It seems to be what has been so promoted, just the aggressive sort of angle on, on, on just about everything. Everything's so hot. Everything's so angry. Nobody can have a conversation. And that's fine if you want to, if you want to champion one candidate over another. I mean, this conversation's old and dusty already about the civil, the disintegration of civil discourse. And so it was really just that. I said, hey, man, you can walk around here with a this, with this shirt that says go fuck yourself on it. I mean, you can't. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, you're not in an, at some nightclub. I, we got families here and yeah. that's not okay. And why should some family sit there? Cause this guy is wearing this shirt and he it's his feelings and, and they've got a, a, you know, they've got grandma and the kids there and they have to compensate for that. My two most intense negative encounters with people in the hotel and a restaurant in the major markets where it was not in New York, was not in LA was not mm -hmm. in Austin, was here in Fort Collins with people who grew up in Fort Collins, that it went to DEFCON 1 at Fort Collins after all those years in the business, you know? So I said, so don't it's be- It's saying something. I, I think that really, that, that points to something that we've been talking a lot about, and especially with the kids, you know, and, and I am very grateful all the time for the fact that we've been fortunate and able to travel a bit with the kids and- you know, I've got a little sister that lives in New York and right. got family still in California and another little sister that lives in London. And so, you know, the, the kids have, at their young age have had some exposure in traveling and internationally. And it seems that such a recurring situation where you have people that are unfortunately very limited in terms of their exposure. They're just sort of isolated in a bubble where that fearfulness is manifested into hostility and aggressive behavior and violence. And, and it sort of tends to go hand in hand with people that are super limited in terms of, of exposure outside of their, their small town where they've grown up and they've just sort of been fed the same Kool-Aid for generation after generation. And, and it does, it's not all of that either. You know, I was, I was actually talking to Gracie about this the other day where there's a contingent of folks, you don't have to be angry and hostile and aggressive just because you're in a small town and, and you've never left it. I mean, you could be just as curious and, and just as loving and interested and, and open. Uh, but it, it's odd and, and unexplainable in terms of the human condition as to why there's such a, a majority of people who are who behave that way that tend to be so limited in their in their exposure well and, i, th I think because everybody learned it's okay when you have a president who's just saying that behavior your fears coming up to the surface and you not having any kind of governor on them no pun intended because of his amazing respect for governors is it's okay that's okay just let it fly man say whatever you're gonna say that's i think that's part of that this was a gay couple that accused me of being homophobic. And I just thought, am I in the freaking twilight zone? It's going to be a gay couple in Fort Collins that's going to tell me with my rainbow staff and my background that I'm homophobic. And then, you know, these guys wrote on the ticket, go suck a cock, Jeff, and loosen up. And, you know, I mean, just, they were so nasty, Kevin. And I just right. thought, wow, it took, it took coming to the Midwest to experience that kind of 
that kind of night. And we're from here. We're from yeah. here. And I just thought, okay. Uh, yeah. I think it, it, so many people just felt like they were given permission. And if you know that, if you know that you could just go for the jugular, then mm-hmm. you're not going to dance. You're not going to finesse anything. You're just going to shut down. And, and not to say that that's always going to be the way, but I think that's, that's what I observed. The, the, mm-hmm. the, the, quickness, the quick move to meanness. To me, it was very, it was, I mean, it was tangible. I could, I could, it was clear. Of course, the thing is, going back to what you were saying, if you're in a city, Chris and I talk about this all the time, and I think there are statistics that reflect this, that when you've got wide open space and nobody really on top of you, it's your world, right? And governments right. stay out of it. But when you've got 167 different languages being spoken and everybody's on top of everybody, it's a different sense of community. If you look at these goofy color-coded maps of our country and like the blues and the reds of where, where all the boats are and like in the urban areas and in the cosmopolitan areas and the multicultural areas and the areas that are, are just, you know, sort of a cross-section of planet Earth, that, that's where you have what tend to be sort of these blue areas or these purple areas. I don't, but I, I think th- this is, you know, not scientific at all. It's total just bro science with the example of the most visible person on the planet. Whoever's the president of the United States, of course, they're, they're most visible, the most audible, the most famous for the time that they're in office. And, and you know, like you said, people that that follow that example tend to have been given permission to behave that way. And if they've already sort of been, I guess, pre-ordained or, you know, they, they already have sort of a element within their genetic makeup that, that would cause them to behave that way, it's been released. I don't think that, I think if anything, this has sort of put everything under a microscope or a magnifying glass. And I don't think it's created anything. I think it just sort of exposed what was already there which is frightening to me personally, because, you know, there's so much of this, of this conversation that's been brought up about like white privilege. And like, I have always sort of resisted the idea of labels and I don't, I don't want to be labeled. I don't want to be X, Y, or Z, whether that be a religious label or a societal label or whatever. And, and has brought to mind that I I have, I guess, the convenience of sort of saying, Hey, I don't want a label, but like, let's say you're a, a black guy or a black gal that, lives in this society in our country i mean they don't have the the convenience to say i don't want a label you know i mean did you did you watch snl the the um dave chappelle he had i I, i'm just paraphrasing it but it was really cool like i mean you know if if you like dave chappelle's comedy he's he's, it's super poignant and eloquent and just like razor surgical with where everything is put together and like he something along the lines of um dave dave chappelle saying this you know i know what this feels like if you feel disenfranchised if you feel upset about how the outcome of this election went and you feel angry i know how you feel believe me and then then he had sort of a just in in the way that he he's able to do like no other, he said, I want everybody now to go out and do something kind for a black person that doesn't deserve it. He said, because for, for so long, all sorts of unkind, evil things were done to, to black people that for no reason right. that didn't, didn't deserve, deserve it. it. Find a drug dealer that's not committing to, you know, <laughs> not, not improving his neighborhood whatsoever, you know, selling crack on the corner in, in, in the ghetto and drive by and just give him an ice cream cone. And it was just like, it was strangely uncomfortably, the way he puts it is so yeah. articulate and so eloquent and, and so personal. Remember when that night you got busted and you went to jail mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in LA 
And I'm saying remember that night because I'm, I'm, I'm assuming there was one, but I don't know. There may have been other <laughs> nights, but I, there was one that I knew of. Yeah, uh, yeah. But I remember you sharing with me that, you know, when you went in, mm-hmm. you had to quickly hook up with the group that you identified with that was going to protect you and see you through the next 24, 48, 72 hours. Right. Right. Yep. And whether you're going to be with the Aryan Brotherhood or you're going to be with... Which is a very small contingent in there, by the way. Which but, is yeah. a small contingent. Or you were going to be with, I don't know if it was uh, the Mexican Mafia at that, po- at that point. Big, or, big contingent. Right? Big yeah, contingent. Large or, crowd, or yeah. you know, whether it was like, I don't know how the Crips and the Bloods were represented or what, you know, what the deal was there. I had a Calvin and Hobbes comic tucked, tucked into my waistband that the cops, when they're searching you, doing a cavity search and all that stuff, they never found. And so I happened to be in this processing section of county where this this kid, black kid, I, I was looking at my Calvin and Hobbes comic and he's like, oh man, he's like, I think I love Calvin and Hobbes. And um, so I kind of bonded with him. I bonded with a lot of people that I think- We're running out of juice here, but this is a great story. <laughs> this is, they do a cavity search. Of course you wouldn't find a full-size comic book. How could you? <laughs> because if Chris Walken could hide a watch up his ass, you're hiding- Not this watch. <laughs> You're hiding a uh, Calvin and Hobbes, and and the fact that Calvin and Hobbes saved your white ass in the joint is extra is extraordinary. I mean, it, was, it was it was wild because it was like there were there were points where speaking Spanish saved me. There oh was God, points yeah. where because I heard people like Matalo and like and like I'm like oh you turn I'm not going not that direction I'm going the other way now. Like, get them or kill oh, them or oh. whack them or whatever. Yeah, that's you know? not good. Because there was you a just point go, where... No, like, no, you, you, you think of Calvin and Hobbes. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbes. Calvin and Hobbes, está bien. No te preocupes. Calvin and Hobbes, aquí. But that no. same little dude that, that I met, who was probably about my age, about my size, you know, I don't know what he was in for. You know, we kind of bonded and we became pals because, you know, you're hanging out with people for, for extended periods of time as you're waiting to go from place to place to place. And it turned out that when I was in this big section of, it's like, a, imagine a gymnasium that you're locked into with all of these metal bunk beds in it, like filling up an entire like high school gymnasium. Sure. And it's all spread out, like all the black guys over here, all the Mexican guys are over here, all the, you know, the tweaker white dudes, all seven of them are over in the corner over there, you know, and literally there are masses of humanity. And I was by myself and I had lost my shoes and this old Asian dude came up to me and dropped a pair of shower slippers in front of me and he's like, better than nothing. So I was like, right on. So I have some shower slippers now and I'm cruising around the place in my orange jumpsuit. And uh, this Latino kid walks up to me from across the room and he's like, hey, Check it out. See those dudes over there? And I said, yeah. And he goes, they're about to fuck you up for your shoes. And I said, okay. Um, so what am I supposed to do? And he's like, well, if you give them to me, everything will be cool. And I'll just take it to them and everything will be all right. And I was like, all right, whatever. I mean, I'm not going to get killed over some shoes. So go ahead. And um, he left. And then a, a black dude who saw that all go down, he's like, man, you shouldn't have let them do that. And, and I'm like, what the hell? You know, what am I going to do? And um, he's like, come with me. He's like, you need a toothbrush, you need some food, you hungry? And I'm like, sure. As I'm cruising, somehow I rejoin with the Calvin and Hobbes dude. And he remembered me, I remembered him. And he's like, he's like, yo, man, he's like, what are you doing? And I'm like, I'm, you know, just getting my shower slippers stolen and my life threatened. And, you know, and um, he's like, he's like, yeah, man, fuck them. And he's like, come with us. So I'm walking and I have to go by the dudes and literally like, you know, when the dude has like the teardrop tattoo coming down 18th street tattoo oh, on his neck yeah. and all like La Raza, Le Trece and all that shit. And like. Um, West Side, all of that, and like I'm going by, and they're they're calling me. They're like, "Hey, bueno, hey, 
hey, and they're like wanting me to come over to them. And um, I, I didn't. And so that whole thing, because the dudes that I was with were like, yo, man, fuck them. Stick with us. Keep going. Don't listen to them. Because I was like kind of slowing down as those dudes that took my shower slippers were like, hey, yo, hey, Wedo, come over here. Come over here. I'm like sort of at a, at a confused moment of like, do I go over here? Do I go with these dudes who are like taking me with them over to their crew? And so I kind of went with those guys that were like, man, fuck them. Just come with us. And so I ignored the Latino crowd over there and I kept going. And then they were like, oh, no, you didn't essay. Fuck that. Now you're fucked. You know, so I kept on going and rolled up to the the crowd of, of dudes who were like hanging out over in their section on all their bunk beds. And, and, and like super, most of them are like yoked jailhouse, super like huge dudes spending a lot of time lifting weights and the whole thing. And one dude, it was like, it was very kind. And, 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 uh, you know, they had toothbrush, they had food, they had all this stuff. Cause everybody kind of keeps all this, this stuff as, as sort of like currency. It's, con- it's concierge services. Con- concierge, concierge service. Yeah. And, uh, I remember that there was kind of like, I don't know, the main kind of alpha dude of all of them who was kind of more chilled out and like kind of leaning back at the top of his bunk, kind of against the wall and up there and kind of, they were all waiting for him to talk. And there, and the, the little Calvin and Hobbes dude was like, Hey, this is, this is my buddy. This is Kevin. And like, you know, we're going to help him out. We're going to give him some stuff. And you know, I had $2 cause I had sold my burritos, um, a while back, like in a previous little sort of changeover. And so I, I, with my $2, I, I got a toothbrush and I think like a Snickers, I think. And, um, so this dude though, he gave me a lecture, big, like six foot four, super swole, like jailhouse weights, buff, humongous dude with, you know, and he's like, listen, he's like, where, where are you from? And I was like, uh, like where in town? Or he's like, he's like, no, he's like, what, count, what county? And he's like, what county are you from? And I'm like, like originally, well, I moved here from LA. He's like, no, what county? I'm like, oh, like Santa Clara County is where I'm from. Like that's in Palo Alto. He's like, does that mean anything? I'm like digging for what, you know, where I'm from. And then, so I get to County and he's like, oh yeah, you know, I've been, I've been locked up in, in Santa Clara County. Yeah. All right. And like, I rec- he recognized that from being like in Northern California, all the way down to Southern California. He's like, two in for him. And so I had learned the acronym of what I had been arrested for. And he's, and I said, GTA, like, cause that's like the cool way to say it. And uh, he's like, oh man, you, you, you stealing cars. And I was like, no, it was a motorcycle. And he's like, um, nah, man. He's like, listen, listen, you too small to be up in here. And he like grabbed my arm and, uh, he's like, look at you, man. He's like, he's like, even that, even that right there. He's like, you don't know let them, nobody touch you like that. He's like, you don't know me. He's like, you too small to be up in here. Listen, you got to call somebody. You got to call, you get on the phone right now. You got to call somebody and apologize. And you got to go and you got to get your, yourself a job, like delivering pizzas or something. Cause you do not belong up in here. And like, he gave me a full lecture about get out of here, go apologize, go say, sorry, get yourself on a, on the right path. And this I is, never forgot it. This is a true and, story. Yeah. And, um, you know, the, I mean, a bunch of other stuff happened after that, but like I hung out with them for a while and in that situation, they're constantly moving you to keep you uncomfortable and to keep you not sleeping very long and to keep you kind of exhausted in this kind of like hazy state of like feeling kind of semi hungover, semi high, semi like kind of on edge all the time. So you never sleep. Unfortunately, I got moved. They're like, yo, stick with us. You'll be all right. And so I'm like, oh, finally, like after like day three, I finally have some respite, you know, of like relief where I'm not going to be 
killed or knifed or like having my shoe stolen or whatever. Then, you know, lo and behold, 45 minutes later, they're moving everybody and they're like, all right, everybody, we're moving, we're relocating, sound off with your last four, like your booking number or whatever. And like, I got moved again. And so I didn't have those guys hanging around with me anymore. And I was sort of like stuck with the next little round of people that you're that you're moved into a smaller facility or a larger facility or whatever. But not long there after I got released, they, they released me on, on my own recognizance. They said that you, you can return to court, but I got stuck in the system. I basically remember it was, it was, if you imagine like a pinball kind of getting stuck and bounced around, I should have been released out right then and there, like at booking, but something happened. I don't know what specifically, but I got stuck in there for like four days. I thought it was something like three days. Yeah. It got, it was like coming into day five and, and I got processed out God. and, and it's, it's a labyrinth. I mean, it's a huge, whatever 20 style. It was the big downtown County lockup in downtown LA. Parker center. There are escalators in there like they have at the mall that that go up and down and like you're going to like, I mean, you hear about it in hip hop songs, like 1800, whatever that refers to. But there's like in big uh, like Roman numeral 1800 sort of you're going up these escalators to all of these different blocks and rooms and gymnasiums and place. I mean, you could get stuck in there super easy, which I did. Luckily, I I got processed out because I, you know, friends on outside were, were I, you know, like, get me the fuck out of here. Yeah, but there were a lot of, of wild experiences. You know, that was one of many, but it was, it was super wild. What a tale you tell with no battery left. Tales of brave Kevy. Crazy. I kind of remember it. I kind of remember it. I hope I didn't drag anything up there that is going to haunt you tonight, but. You give me like post-traumatic stress disorder and I'll be sort of twitching over here. Chris Lee's going, what are you doing with shower slippers and a toothbrush, Kevin? And is that a Calvin and Hobbes comic in your back? Is that a Calvin that's in your waistband? What is that? Why are you, you have something you want to tell me? There's a there's a lot more. I mean, there's <laughs> wonderful material that I that I've used in like my stand up bits, and there's like save it, good man. writing. Save, save like, it for the oh, next God. episode. Yeah. Oh, yeah. there's yeah. And the one it's one. wild. They don't make them like this anymore. Thank God. You got one Kevin <laughs> Hall. That's it. Thanks, everyone, for joining us today. I hope you enjoyed the conversation between my good friend Kevin Hall and myself. We had a lot of fun doing it, and there'll definitely be more of those in the near future. This was the first attempt to do a call-in, and I think for the most part it worked out pretty well. Stay safe and tune in again to No Bed of Roses. You'll find us wherever fine podcasts are available. Talk to you soon. Bye.